Hello, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion with the topic today of life. We are so glad you could join us. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent in Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we welcome you all today. And we'll start with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 78 of Divinity Course in General Collectanian. Except from there. There is nothing present nor has power apart from divine life, truth, and love as infinite mind that can possibly control or confuse my thoughts, obscure my spiritual perfection, or hinder my progress in Christian science. Spiritually, mentally, morally, physically, financially, or any other way. God's will is all good always, is harmony, perfection. The will of God is health, gladness, all good life. His will is the consciousness of divine ever-presence of life eternal. It is to know what it is to act in conformity with the divine purpose and to be wholly governed by God. Look away from the body to spirit. My being is spiritual. My life, my intelligence are spiritual. My senses are spiritual. My life is hid with Christ in God and there is no other existence. I was born free, not in bondage to anything or to anyone. For principle, beats me ever. Mary Baker Eddy. Beautiful. Thank you, Florence. Each week you give us such beautiful prayers. I'm so grateful. You spend a lot of time, I'm sure, praying over them. Thank you. Okay, the watching point. Watch number 392. Watch that you rise to meet the claim of advancing age with alertness and activity. Sometimes it helps to call it witchcraft, since that is what it is. Mrs. Eddy once analyzed its workings as follows. Quote, malicious animal magnetism haunts you with a personality all distorted by mortal suggestion, makes it hideous and hateful to you, and urges you to adopt this as being created by God. It suggests a mental picture of age, failing strength, failing memory, dim sight, dim hearing, withered skin, bent form, and every other suggestion to bolster up the lie of age. End quote. In the Christian Science series from May 1st, 1889, we find this is Eddie writing, quote, the added wisdom of age and experience is strength not weakness, and we should understand this, expect it, and know that it is so, then it would appear, end quote. You will be amazed and delighted by the revitalizing effect of this confident attitude. Your step will have the spring of youth in it, and the dread of old age will slink away out of sight. Another thing to guard against is mental and physical inertia particularly the former, when your interests begin to narrow down to what principally concerned yourself. Look out. This is one of the first signs of old age. <clears throat> By living on a diet of self, you will slowly but surely deteriorate into a dried-up, uninteresting character, neglected and really unworthy of anything but charitable notice. <clears throat> disinclination to go out among people finally produces physical disability to do so. Limbs stiffen and your body refuses to do your will without the suffering you dislike to impose upon it. All routine tends to produce atrophy of mental activities and again has habit robbed you of your usefulness. Instead of dreading changes and fighting off the opportunities for making them, Welcome them eagerly, as you would a glass of water to quench your thirst. 
They are youth preservers for you. But don't make the mistake of holding fast to that youth which belonged to your 20s. The charm and poise of your assimilated experiences have far greater value as an asset for your attractiveness than anything of the distant past. You are fitted to meet the world from any source whatever if you have lived and lived deeply. A sense of humor is a divine gift. It is the very stronghold of abiding youth. It slays care, sustains hope, and has the world with it from the start to the finish. If it is not yours, by right of heart, then cultivate it as a fine art. It is too valuable to be ignored. And don't look on life from any viewpoint from a protest. Cultivate a love for people, exclusive of yourself, and let it be that divine love that sends out joy to everyone, and so happiness to self. The handling of the claim of age would be approached with expectancy. Did the student realize that it is but a false argument? since faculties and functions directed and sustained by mind can no more wear out or become impaired than can a mirror wear out by being used. A wholesome, active determination to meet these lies of age cannot help but be be efficacious. Thank you. Beautiful. I love this one. So comments. Well, the diet itself is definitely something that I have really had to handle. Um, and I'm so much further along than when I came here, but that, that definitely is aging and, uh, is exhausting because it's just, you just get anything outside seems to make one tired and lit. So I'm so grateful since coming here to learn these things about how to handle this, as Mrs. Mm-hmm. A refers to it, as a disease. It's not any different than cancer. We have to handle it sometime. So why not do it now? Yeah. yeah Mrs. Mrs. Evans used to tell us, and start when you're 25 years old, not when you're 65 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love when it said... Mirror will not wear out because it's yeah. being used, <laughs> and so that reflect uh, you know relates to us. If we're reflecting the divine, we cannot wear out, just like that mirror. The other I thing, like- the other thing that I love Come about: it, don't be adverse to changes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think you got really familiar with something and you know how it is and whatever, watch out because. A change is coming, and the whole idea is to use it for what it really mm-hmm. is to be is an, an advancement. Yeah, so that's all. I, I had a, I had something along those. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Your I turn. Had some, <laughs> I had something along the the lines of um, this reminded me about something that came up along the lines of changes or learning something new, and. Um, when I get, I got a new cell phone and it was like, I kept, the thought kept on, oh darn, I got to learn something new. And it was like, uh oh, <laughs> I finally realized that that was not a good attitude to take. And I had been reading some of these things and this, this watch reminded me of that about, no, you need to learn some things new. You don't want to be some old grouchy person that doesn't want to learn anything new, the da-da-da-da-da. And finally, it was like, no, I need to go, oh, good, I get to learn something new. <laughs> and that helps so much with learning how to use a cell phone or learning something new on the computer or some other new thing. And it was uh, just so much better. And my attitude was a lot better about learning something new. And there's a quote I got from the calendar a while back, uh, and it says, overcoming age is not resuming our youth. It is thought going into new paths, which history has never recorded. And I think this watch really brings that out, that you don't want to just be some old grouchy fuddy-duddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Thank you very much. I think, I think um, what comes to me is um, the fact that if God maintains and sustains this image and likeness forever, then it's my view of, of what's going on that I should change. It's, and also the fact that the, this, you know, you're getting old is some deceitful mesmerism, which should be confronted the same way as you confront any other mesmerism. That helps, helps okay. me. Anybody else? Expectation is important too. You know, I've never expected at any point in my life to be less strong or less active. I've just never, and that started back back in my earlier youth. Just it just never occurred to me, and it still does. And I still don't think of it like I. Tony and I were moving furniture the other day, and I was like, I expected to lift a couch. Why not? I could lift it 20 years ago. I can lift it now, and I did. Um. The thing that really jumped out at me, though, was when she talks about guarding against, or he talks about guarding against mental and physical inertia, because I, I have a family <clears throat> family member who that mental inertia, I've just, I've watched it basically take her down because she just became very inwardly focused and like just wasn't interested in anything else, you know, and, and ironically at a time when she had more, more time to explore and, and try new things, you know, I'd ask her about stuff. She'd be like, yeah, I'm not really interested in that. And it was just very closed in almost like, I think it's like you're mentally shutting down, even though you don't really think you are. Yes. Thank you very much. You don't want to be a dry, interesting character. Pardon me? You don't want to be a dried up, uninteresting exactly. character. <laughs> and you know, when you dry up mentally, that's why your skin dries up and you begin to look like an old sack of potatoes. <laughs> so <laughs> I, have, I have something to add. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'd like to say that this agelessness, you know, is a daily experience. And so when I teach people or I draw, I have a feeling that it's like prayer. It's a daily renewal. It's a spiritual bath. It's beautiful. Thank you, Zeri. Mm -hmm. Also, it's one other thing that Bignal Young brings out in his ageless being, are we looking out and seeing age going on around us? Are we, you know, anytime we see somebody bent over or somebody that's difficulty walking or, you know, an elderly, are we seeing that as age or are we saying, no, that's a lie about the usefulness or the, you know, the true, the true idea. There's not, no age going on there. And so that's also helped me to, I, it's fine if I, you know, knowing that about myself, but what am I seeing outside? You know, am I seeing others as aging? can't do that either. Absolutely. You know, Mrs. Eddy says when you see the leaves falling, are you knowing that there's no age? Ageless, diseaseless, and deathless because God made me so. And, and the, yes, Mrs. Eddy, we have it titled Age. Um, and, excuse me, okay. We have an article entitled Age by Mrs. Eddy. It's a has a lot of the quotes that are in here in that article, which is something to work with often, as well as this watching point, as well as pages 244 to 248 in Science and Health, which deal with the beliefs of age. So something we should always be working on and about. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than to start getting inward. And if you've ever, sometimes if you're out or something, you'll hear a group of, senior citizen shall I say I don't know what to, uh, anyway all this talking about we, we call it an organ recital right Every, everything that's wrong and it's just an unpleasant conversation so don't ever indulge in that talk and listening to it or certainly not being part of it um, yes and we, we seem to be bombarded nowadays with the universal belief of age and all these things were offered through you know, television and social media to, you know, conquer the age problem and or just go with it, whichever one they're they're advertising. But it's so important to handle that belief every day. Thank you. 
No, you're right, because the medical profession and the drug industry are out to sell you stuff. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, and they're very creative in their marketing and their sales pitch. And remember, we have all the answers in science and health. All of it. It, it deals with all of these things that everyone's, all these magazines and stuff. You have the opportunity, I, I call it Spa Beautiful or Spa Handsome. <laughs> you can go to it every day and do yourself. Renew yourself. And that oil. But it's like any other disease. It really, it's totally mental. Even even the medical profession has has uh, demonstrated that your body renews itself every seven years. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a physical thing. So thank you for that watching point. A good one for life, mm-hmm. endless life, endless being, without beginning and without end. And our textbook tells us life is eternal. We should find this out and begin the demonstration thereof. Mary yeah. Baker. That's very exciting news. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the other thing that was in there was about having a sense of humor. And I found many times that struggling with something just to find my joy or something to laugh at can break the mesmerism and get me back on the right path again. So, Most important, you know, they say it's healing. A merry heart maketh like a medicine. You're always dour and can't laugh at things and see the, don't see the sunny side of life. Well, it's not good. That's a story of spies going laugh out. At mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, laughing at yourself is one of the best things to do. <laughs> to laugh yeah. at yourself. And there's a lot to learn. And there's a lot. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh at yourself endlessly. I think, I think that or at your spouse. That works, too. That one? You can laugh at your spouse, too. I find that works really well for me. Yeah, that's what we're saying. <laughs> All right. The golden text, Jeremy. Second Samuel. God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. That is something so beautiful, that statement um, of David. And that was one that Mrs. Evans would give us often. And I still, I use it very often. Uh, And Carrie sent us many beautiful articles about this idea of strength. And strength, I mean, it is a quality of life. All of these things we're talking about, strength and courage and um this is living life to its fullest and strength most definitely a quality of life um in an art fatigue i find like even at in the near the end of the day you know you have things that i want you to do you can carry through to the end thank you yes he's saying it handles a sense of fatigue in this article, Strength, and from an old journal, David had no belief in strength and matter. He attributed all his energy to the Lord, the supreme ruler. And that is the secret of strength. Strength does not mean physical strength. There is the strength of affection, strength of purpose, strength to do right under trying and perverse conditions. Strength to see good, though evil seems to predominate, and to keep the perfect vision in front of us till at last error yields, and the condition vanishes as we see the goodness of the Lord in all things. And as thy day, so shall thy strength be. This strength is limitless. There's no end to it. So when we are tempted to say you're, you're feeling weak this morning or, you know, no energy. You're denying life itself with a capital L. In the lesson, it brings out over and over the divine energies, right? You've got to have the divine energies. This is why you can't have a life devoted to yourself. Oh, jeez. Anyway, 
because it has to the divine energy is getting up in the morning because you have things to do places to go and people to see <laughs> and god lifts you up and out of that bed and and gets you going and it's marvelous okay uh florence no i mean if we are always a reflection of god then we have the strength too we have to think that unity always and that help is very helpful that our unity, indestructible unity with God, it helps you. It does. And that's why, you know, the lesson on atonement, at one meant this idea of you're at one with God. God isn't weak. God isn't lacking. And therefore, you cannot either. But you must declare on the right side and know this to be true. And if you're spending all your time trying to build up your human muscles, well, you'll be just. Dis- Pointed. You're looking in the wrong direction. That doesn't mean that we don't get proper exercise in the right sense of that. Um, just out for a walk, out enjoying nature or, or whatever, but not, you know, going to the gym for hours every day to have this wonderful physique. I recently saw this video with a uh, uh, ex Navy SEAL, and he was talking about people that came to to try try out for the SEALs. If they looked like they spent a lot of time in the gym, they were usually mentally weak and often quit the first day. So. Wow! Oh. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Well, that's a, it, you know, it, it's the kind of career that requires a selfless purpose, doesn't it? Yeah. unselfish purpose because yeah. if you're going to defend your nation if you're going to defend others you can't go in with a very selfish attitude and succeed and then in this article by Duncan Sinclair the strongest man who ever lived on earth was Christ Jesus and his strength was proportional to his courage, itself proportional to his knowledge of God. It should be the same with his followers, to whom Jesus must ever be the great exemplar. If, therefore, we would possess a measure of courage and the power which he so abundantly possessed, we must draw from the same source as he, our Father, Mother, God, and in the same way, through a life of consecration and prayer. I mean, think of all that he did, and we don't see him going to the gym. I mean, he had to he had to walk miles and miles and miles. Whatever he did, he he did because he needed to do. And and whatever you need to do, God equips you with everything you need to do, it, including strength and health and joy, all good things. When you're working for the Father, it's all about motive. If he said, "I can of my own self do nothing," then we have to be the same and practice the same practices. Yes, and that's where the humility comes in. The humility. And and also um where Paul would say, In weakness I am strong, because when you're totally wiped out and you feel you can't do anything, that's when you lean on God and know your strength is from him. <laughs> Who else speaking? Well, I know that when you were describing Jesus you mentioned courage. And in the lesson, it says, be of good courage. And in my view, the emphasis is on the word good. And because uh, that, that goes to the, the selfless purpose where our courage and our strength comes from. And going back to the Navy SEALs, I know that uh, they go to this thing called mental strength. You know, not so much physical strength, but mental strength. And that's what carries you through. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, I, I looked up too much animal courage and not enough moral courage. Well, that's it, and that's in our lesson two. We'll get to that soon because there's a great difference between that. Who else was speaking? Well, I looked up. I looked up the word "way," and one of the definitions was "law of limitless enablement," which I really liked. Oh, good. Thank you. Yes. And I reason- wanted to say that, um, Mary, I think it was your testimony last Wednesday about Cinderella and how her mother said, have courage and be kind. 
And that just, wow, that just touched me so much. I never thought of Cinderella pick that at all and how she rose above her circumstances with the, with that advice from her mother. And that was just beautiful. It, I, I'm so glad that touched you because, yeah, I mean, Cinderella you would think of as sort of the superficial tale, but in this new British production of it, it had a lot more depth to it. And that, that was the depth to it. And, um, I know in my own life how that has helped me to have mm-hmm. courage. You speak up when you need to, and, and she did in this. She had the courage. You're not a milksop, but at the same time, you keep your kindness. You don't let yourself get ornery because people are mean to you, um, you and, and it will lift you up. It does not go unnoticed by God, and it sometimes take a long time, maybe even, um, but but think of the stories in the Bible too, like Joseph, and he had courage and and was kind, uh, and kindness, as we talked about once a while ago, is not niceness. Kindness is a quality mm-hmm. of God. It's in the Bible. Niceness isn't, but kindness is. Kindness. Well, I was thinking how important it is to. I'm reading the book, The Gentle Art of Blessing, right now, and it's just a wonderful. Book, but it ties into seeing others as courageous and kind, and that that's their that's their heredity and their um, their birthright, and so that's what they are. Yes, that's good to know because we all are that. We all have that. Mm-hmm. Everyone, and it, if it's not evident, then it can be made evident. Um, I spoke to someone recently because, well, your human personality gets put off as you get yourself out of the way and let God use you. Because truly, I was one of the weakest, most fearful, wringing of our hands constantly, human personality that there ever could be exist. And the fact that I've changed so much is only because of of learning about my individuality and putting off the old man for the new. I could never, you cannot change yourself humanly. It must be done divinely. And God is responsible for your growth. You mustn't feel like you've got to push and shove and do all this to yourself. You can't make yourself grow. You can't make a flower grow. God does it. (laughs) And that's true of your spouse or your friends or whatever. You don't whip them around and force them to do this, that, or the next thing. Who are you to even know what they should be doing? Let God unfold them. So that that's your growth, and that will come as you do consecrate a life to him. And in the responsive reading, you know, at my strength, the Lord is my strength, God is my strength. By my God, I've leaped over a wall. God girdeth me with strength, maketh my way perfect. And then Psalm 27, which is one of my very favorites. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Just ask yourself, what the heck are you afraid of? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I say that to myself a lot. Is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? And we're going to sing that this morning. And then I've given many, many times, but the one thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. To dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Stay there. Stay there. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Are you seeing his beauty everywhere in all things, all day? And inquire in his temple, which is what we are doing now. We are inquiring in his temple. We come to sit at the feet of Jesus to learn more about him. This is what this is what your day should be. This is like a perfect treatment. Or, did you want to say something? Perfect description of where we where our consciousness should be. And it's a discipline. Yes. And Shardell, you talked about the lion, the lion, and the yeah. courage, and uh, the image of the lion. First, it was in the Bible, in Peter. I'll just read one part of it. Be sober. 
be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And then this is Eddie in Science and Health. Moral courage is the lion of the tribe of Judah, the king of the mental realm, free and fearless in road to the forest, undisturbed. And then my favorite. This is Science and Health, page 559. May I read it? Mm -hmm. Okay. The still small voice of scientific thought reaches over continent and ocean to the globe's remotest bound. The inaudible voice of truth is to the human mind as when a lion roareth. It is heard, excuse me, in the desert and in dark places of fear. It arouses the seven thunders of evil and stirs their latent forces to utter the full diapason of secret tones. Then is the power of truth demonstrated, made manifest in the destruction of error, <laughs> the lion. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I love that, too, all of this. And remember, when you're doing your watch, it says a lion roareth. We're not some little meek thing. This is a lion roaring because it's the word of God and it goes everywhere, all places. Everyone that's lifting their face up to hear the truth will receive this blessing. And I've given this before, too, but that moral courage, you see, and as Lenny was saying, moral courage is very different than, than the animal courage, which, which is not really. It's not. Fools rush in where angels are but this moral courage, yes, the king of the mental realm, and we must all have it. And how do you get it? Because you love you love something more than yourself. So God just rises, raises you up to, to do this work. And you have the moral courage. You cannot bear to hear error being spoken. You speak up on behalf of God because you can't stand the other. It's an abomination to you. Which is okay. It's good to have air as an abomination. And then I remember when I used to feel, oh, I could never. All these people are doing such wonderful things. How can I ever, ever keep up or be a part of it? And this helped me so much. Transmission from the divine thought, from the divine thought to the human. Well, these qualities, diligence, I can be diligent. Prompt, I can be prompt. Persevere, I can persevere. I can do those things. And I'll just focus on that. Maybe I can't be walking in the water or making, doing all this healing and whatever else I thought I couldn't do at that time. I thought I can do those things. And then it says they carry the baggage of stern resolve. That too. Do you have a stern resolve or you just any little thing will throw you off? Someone looks at you cross-eyed and you run home and cry for three hours. You've got to have that stern resolve that nothing will push you around or hold you back. You will be prompt. You will be, you will persevere and you will be diligent. And then that keeps pace with the highest purpose. It was like, wow. And you know, it works. It works. These are things that God notices. You do those things and, and you'll be elevated. You can't help but if you don't do those things, you don't think they're important, then you won't be. Right, Jeremy? And, and you won't be important. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ger Jeremy, when he asked, when people offer to do things or he get, get asked to do things, these are the things he looks for. A lot of people can say a lot of things and promise a lot. Can they do this? Oftentimes not. I'll say, I don't know how they got past kindergarten. So, seriously, <laughs> got to do this. If you're going to make any headway, and it all must be done with the greatest humility. That's the most important thing of all, I guess. You can't blow your own horn or want to do it to make you look great. Nope. I'll flip you right out. It doesn't matter if we are remembered a hundred years from now. No. Just the work matters. So. Just the work matters. So who wants to tell us what moral courage is? 
So we define this concept, make sure we're all talking about the same thing. Well, it's standing up to wrong. It's being honest in the face of somebody lying. You're going to stand up for honesty, integrity. Um, you know, all those, all those moral qualities are just going to make a stand and not get swayed by anything to become any, you know, a, anything other than honest and integrity. Nothing's going to move you off of that. You're going to stand and not be tempted to, you know, make a move in the other, in the opposite direction, no matter what it takes. Yeah, it's really the courage to obey what God is commanding you to do that moment, isn't it? Doing his will, Yeah. But Florence, I didn't. No, also the courage to persevere, you know, to go on no matter what. No matter going, because, yes. You think of all the hurdles that were thrown upon um, Mrs. Eddie, right? That's why anyone who thinks they're having a tough time and, oh, I'm, I'm going to give up on science. Well, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, those personal problems. Yeah, I mean, look what she did. She never gave up, no matter what came her way. And that's why, yes, the importance of reading her biography and knowing who and what she is, because otherwise you, you just, it shows where you are when you complain about whatever trials any of us go through. is nothing compared to what Christ Jesus went through, Mrs. Eddy, and most of the prophets, if not all of them. And in contrast, I would say that animal courage is not courage. It is human will gone berserk. <laughs> it, it can also be a cover-up. When somebody feels inferior, they want to put on a front as if they're courageous. Very they're not. Yes. Thank you. And they usually create havoc. Exactly. And I don't know. Well, uh, she says you you can't you, um, people who shirk or shrink away from truth in times of persecution never understood truth. Thank you. What is that one? That's what it is. Mm -hmm. If that's not a correct that's a, quote, a good, it's, it's a good paraphrase. Yeah, that's exactly right. Never understood it. Never understood it. You can't possibly, if you understand it at all, you can't shirk your duty. And in an beautiful article by Ella Hogue called Courage. She says, the entire nature of true courage is always moral. Otherwise, there is no courage. Just like, just like there's no physical strength. It's all divine. Which chapter does Mrs. Eddy put the quote from Martin Luther? Here I stand, I can do no other, so help me, God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Now, all of these qualities that we've been talking about, these were exemplified in the story of the spies, right? The, we have the first group who were totally handled by fear and negativity. And they went out to the promised land and they, oh my, they were all the giants. It's all they could see. And then we have Joshua and Caleb who went out. And knew that they could take the land, that it was already theirs. It was, it was, it was a promised land. And you have to ask yourself who and what you are. What type of thought are you? Are you going to be a Caleb and Joshua? Or are you going to be always fearful and negative and never can do anything? It's always no, no. I don't know how. I've never done it before. I, can't, I don't know. And that'll keep you out of the promised land for as long as you do that. Um, and I, I thought this in a way goes directly to what we talked about last year and last year, last week, bringing in the millennium. Are you going to say, oh, there's no way we can bring in the millennium? I mean, there's all these giants and everything. The world's just a mass is going to take millions of years or whatever. Or are you going to be like Caleb and Joshua? Yes. The land is promised. The millennium, the reign of Christ. I think it I think it 
relates directly to our attitude. Let's go in and claim it. How long are we going to wait on putting it off into the distance? Father and us, us that does the work. So Exactly. It's just a matter of seeing it. Knowing who we are. Who are you? Yes. If you know it, then you're... And, as Karen said a long while ago, are we seeing everybody else in the world as being incapable of hearing God's voice and doing the right thing? Or are we seeing them as capable? Are they as ready for God's message and, and, and ready to do the right thing? Yeah, if they knew better, they do better. Mm-hmm. Well, and, so and you have to see everybody correctly. Yes, it's, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that beautiful poem by Carpenter where he says, you know, you can't just think you, you're you uh, doing it yourself. And then you have to see that everyone is doing it and that they're seeing you correctly. We're all seeing each other correctly because that is the right. truth. So, And every time we don't, then we're not seeing that there's only the one mind. We're contradicting God if we're seeing all these different minds, many of mortal mind. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. These are some interesting articles that Carrie also sent one on Caleb. Caleb, as we may interpret his name, was all heart. He was an optimist. He would gladly have made all the other optimists too. He entertained no doubts about the conquest of the country. He does not even say, let us go up and try to conquer it, but let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Opposed to him were nearly all the other spies who took a gloomy view of things. They saw no bright light in the clouds. The atmosphere in which they lived was that of a foggy November day. They forgot the sun was shining behind the clouds and that by and by it would disperse. So, and we know people who are pessimists and everything is doom and gloom. Eeyore. And <laughs> we need the poo. Anyway, but we know also that those people aren't a lot of fun to be with because everything is boo-hoo-hoo. So, and as a Christian scientist, God forbid that we behave in that manner. Especially if we're trying to live up to the, you know, we today are enough to convert the world if we're of one mind. Thank That's you, yes. not, not going to work that way. And, you know, it is all the negativity and the fearful thinking that makes your body feel weak. If you indulge in it, you will feel weak. You will. That's what happens. And you'll feel weak until you stop doing it. I know. Christ says, be a light. Be a light. Not under bushel, but on a candlestick. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's right. And that's article, radiation versus absorption. Radiate. This is all the endless life. And Misha Ela sent me something beautiful this week. First, she's quoting from Matthew Henry's commentary. Caleb and Joshua assured the people of the goodness of the land. They made nothing of the difficulty in the way of their gaining it. If men were convinced of the desirableness of the gains of religion, they would not stick at the service of it. Though the Canaanites dwell in wall cities, their defense was departed from them. The other spies took notice of their strength, but these of their wickedness. No people can be safe when they have provoked God to leave them. Though Israel dwell in tents, they are fortified. While we have the presence of God with us, we need not fear the most powerful force against us. Sinners are ruined by their own rebellion. But those who, like Caleb and Joshua, faithfully expose themselves for God are sure to be taken under his special protection and shall be hid from the rage of men, either under heaven or in heaven. Well, you know, and that's interesting because all these people who are building um, are so afraid of what's going to happen and spend all their time and money building, what are they called, bunkers? Oh, stuff. yeah, the doomsday preppers. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, there's going to be no way <laughs> to protect yourself unless you're under the umbrella of God's protection. That's it. So let's spend our time on this, on something meaningful and valuable that will protect you. 
And and as we've spoken of before, and that is knowing and there's actually nothing to protect yourself from because God is all in all. And that, my friends, is what will keep everyone safe and will bring in the millennium. So then Misha Illa says further, this is, this is her thoughts on what she read. My thought or consciousness is like the spy watching and interpreting what happens around me. If my spy thought or consciousness doesn't know of or doesn't accept the omnipotence and omnipresence of God, it interprets the land, could be a person or a circumstance, as dangerous. For example, if a person appears to be bossy and mean, and I, I only judge the outward appearance, this person might seem dangerous or difficult to approach. If my spy knows about the omnipotence and omnipresence of God, my spy will sense that this person has put up thick walls to hide something ungodly. Maybe they fear rejection, and for that reason they boss others around in order that no one can boss them. In seeing that this person doesn't have God behind their actions, I don't need to fear them. But I can trust in God to guide me in how to deal with the land, person, or situation to bring the omnipotence, omnipresence of God to light in me and in others. So that's a good way to use this, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Practical. And then, and I don't think we'll have too much time to go on it, but Nancy wrote some beautiful things on waiting, waiting on the Lord. and. It was also um, in another article where it says, analyzing the words of the psalmist, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We find there is plenty of work to do in our waiting. The qualities of patience, humility, courage, loving kindness, right activity, perseverance are all called into use. If we would rightly wait to be still and know that I am God involves more than merely saying those words. It means to silence the temptation to believe in a power other than God. To quiet fear. To renounce aggression, oppression, and the pride of power. As Mrs. Eddy says in Science and Health. And then it said... You know, preceding every great service rendered to mankind, there's been a period of waiting of preparation. Before Moses was ready to lead his people out of bondage, he had his years in the desert, where he did not idly allow the time to drift by, but where his thought and heart were being prepared. And then David tending his father's flocks. And then Jesus was 30 years preparing for his three short years of ministry. And when our leader discovered through her own healing that the Christ is present for our salvation as it was in Jesus' time, she tells us that for three years she secluded herself to devote her time in consecrated study of the Bible. You must never think of waiting as idle. And if you wait in the correct manner, you won't be faint of heart. God will strengthen your heart. You'll have a strong heart. All that we do is for the glory of God, whether that requires action or waiting. And this is the life well lived and the life that goes on eternally. Now, we end with a beautiful article about Joshua, because he was quite the man, quite the man. <laughs> this is... Uh... From the journal, Sarah Beatrice Slot, she writes, Many of the great leaders of Israel, in their demonstration of truth, sometimes came so near to the Christ idea that it might seem almost strange that they did not attain completely to the standard of perfection. Each one of these great characters of the Bible manifested more particularly some predominant quality or qualities which rendered him distinctive. Not so much as heard of the great leader of Israel who followed Moses as of Moses himself, yet to a remarkable degree, Joshua influenced the destinies of Israel 
through preserving intact the state formed by Moses, through protecting the teachings of Moses for the use of future generations, and through carrying out in full the plan of Moses. It may be said that Joshua's characteristic quality was single-mindedness. He was spiritually anointed by God with that oil, which Mrs. Eddy defines in Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, page 592, thus, quote, Consecration, charity, gentleness, prayer, heavenly inspiration. When one studies his character and his deeds, he is seen to have been possessed of rare spiritual qualities and lacking in self-assertiveness or egotism. <laughs> Under his guidance, it would seem as if a great spiritual idea had led Israel, rather than a human personality. Ever at the head of the host, yet ever seemingly withdrawn from the commoner associations of the people, ever close to the inner shrine of the holies, Joshua always retained the complete confidence, love, respect, and obedience of his followers. For it is said, And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. This was the work of one who has been called prosaic. Yet his work expressed courage, initiative, activity, and ability. It was the work of one who, in his sublime selflessness, trusted implicity, implicitly to the leadership and guidance of God. Amid great impurity, he was pure. Amid, among many gods, he worshipped but the one. Whatever another might do, he declared, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. His unrelinquished single-mindedness in holding to the standard of God was the cause of his success. In seven years, he was able to complete the work of establishment in Canaan. When the land was divided, Joshua accepted a small portion for himself, and for 18 years dwelt in Mount Ephraim in the city which he built, still serving God and governing Israel. He glorified God while saying, The Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Like his great ancestor Joseph, to whom he was similar in many ways, he possessed true humility, the highest virtue, mother of them all. Joshua relinquished self to save Israel and in so doing proved that he had never been the hardened warrior, but only the loving, gentle, obedient, resistless soldier of God. In the Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the voice and purpose of God always spoke through this single-minded leader, and all Israel was blessed thereby. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.